This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, do you want to be a guest on an upcoming episode of the PR Podcast? We tape episodes every Friday, and we're always looking for new guests with fresh perspectives on how to do PR and news better. Now, you should be a guest if you're a PR pro with a fresh view of how you do your job. Maybe you've got a unique take on something. Maybe you did something that was really cool. You want to share it with people, right? That's what we do is we share knowledge here. Or if you're a newsroom decision maker, you're a reporter, an editor, a producer, a photographer. Uh, I know you're supposed to be not the news, but come on and share your perspectives on how PR people can you can interface with you better, right? We want to make your lives easier uh, as well. And I always say that I have just as much interest in making and helping a reporter as I do helping my client. So we want to share knowledge here on this show. So if you want to be a guest, reach out to us because this is the show on how the news gets made so we can make it better. Send a DM to the PR podcast on Twitter. Tell us your unique story about how you do what you do, and we'll get you get booked as a guest on an upcoming episode. Now we've got another great guest today, so let's go. Aaron Quicken is founder and CEO of Profit, the first ever AI-driven platform built by and for PR professionals. He's also president of the New York chapter of the Public Relations Society of America, founder and chairman of KWT Global, a highly acclaimed PR and brand strategy firm with offices in New York, London, and LA. He has written for Forbes and The Drum and is the creator and host of the popular Brand on Purpose podcast that features companies that do well by doing good. Aaron, welcome to the PR podcast. Great to be here, Jody. I feel like I need to hire you as my personal PR guy. I mean, that was perfect. I, I think you we're know, done. I, what else is there to say? I, can, I, 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 I will gladly take side gigs as personal hype man. Let's talk about artificial intelligence, your business, right? Artificial intelligence is here. Uh, it's been here for right, uh, maybe a decade or two, um, and it's growing in use and application every day. How is AI, uh, and let's talk about what you've developed here with Profit, impacting public relations? Well, um, just a quick clarifying point. It's it's funny because you know we're in a business where words matter, and people talk about artificial intelligence. There's another slice of that which is augmented intelligence, and I actually think currently, right now, in the PR industry, when it comes to comms tech tools, we're really referring to augmented intelligence. And when I take a step way way back, I think we're in the same cohort, um, <clears throat> age wise. There are two questions when we got into this business. That we're always asked. One is, how do I know if someone's going to be, if a reporter is going to be interested in my pitch? The second is, how do I know if it had any impact? And I'm trying not to be overly kind of, you know, reductive in, in our business, right? Fast forward 30 plus years later, we're still trying to answer those questions, which is nuts. It's crazy to me. I'm not trying to solve for the second one, how did I do? I'm trying to solve for the first one, which is, how do I do better? So, movie industry, book publishing industry, even Netflix is telling you if you like, this, you're going to like that. All these industries are running scripts for future, future commercial viability through machine learning, natural language processing, which is what we're really talking about. Why can't we do that? Why can't we ingest the millions of articles that reporters write from high authority outlets, from high authority verified journalists, and map your pitch against what they've written to predict future interest and sentiment? That is what Profit does. That is what I built in 2019. We launched at the end of 2020. 
We started selling it in 2021. Um, we have about 500 users on the platform, brands, big brands and agencies across multiple verticals. Um, and that is prprofit.ai. It, it sounds um, it, it sounds really terrific, uh, and it sounds a whole lot better than uh, the the typical media uh, services that one might use, right? Where you you put in a bunch of criteria like the city or the topic or the whatever demographic information you have, and it spits you back a list, right? And we right. all know those companies that do that, and a lot of us use those companies, present company included, right? Same, um, same. But it's yeah. not. But it's it's hardly accurate it's probably i don't know maybe 50 60 70 percent accurate right. on a good day um and there's got to be a better being way generous. to do it so yeah yeah no, i probably look, you're being am generous. right exactly. you are you are and the thing jody is like a lot of the quote-unquote technology that you and i are given as pr professionals is really workflow stuff that's not technology we're they're we're, they are basically playing into either laziness or complacency because when we got into this business we read and then we try to determine which reporter and we created relationships. Now, I don't think relationships are going away, but they've changed with reporters. I think our tools can, I know this is counterintuitive, tools like this can actually help you create better relationships. Why? Because instead of blasting the 300 reporters who are spamming and you get a two or 3% hit rate and you just piss them off, um, you're going to find the right reporter for your pitch and create a longer term, longstanding relationship and also probably land more placements, be more performative. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is give PR people data and insights, not just instinct and experience. Right. This is the pure. This is the melding of art and science. And this is just the beginning. This is a tip of an iceberg. We're building a whole comms tech business unit at Stagwell. We're calling it, it's a Stagwell marketing cloud where eventually. We're going to have a tool that can also combat mis and disinformation. We're going to have a tool that can help take automated notes during interviews. Um, we're going to have a tool that can help maybe even um, predict and make your presentations or your panel um, better and more performative and more resonant. And ultimately, we're going to have a tool it's called generative AI, where it will write 70, 80 percent of your content for you, whether it's a blog post, a byline, a press release or a pitch, because in the old school, old way of doing things, you and I hire people. We hire people, accounting exec, and we're like, get me 80% of the way there. I know you're not going to nail it, and I'm going to come in and come over the top with that 20% to make that thing really, that piece really kind of you know resonant. Eventually, a computer will do that for you. It's important because it's going to free us up to do higher value things for our clients. And you're an agency guy. The other thing that needs to change is that right now, agencies in particular, are incented to bill more hours, but they're not smart hours. They're just hours. So we need to also move to a value-based model. I think that with the adoption acceleration of Comstack, true Comstack, not workflow shit, with that, I think finally we're gonna be able to have a conversation with our clients and get away from this hourly rate because that actually devalues us, right? That completely devalues us. I would much rather be um, compensated um, for the value I provide. And that's like maybe a whole other podcast, but I think all these things, um, there's a confluence of, of things happening right now in the market. Yeah. And it, and it's a huge, uh, it's a huge ball of wax that we gotta, we gotta attack here. Let's stick yeah. on the research part of it before we get into the writing part of things. Um, sure. because a couple of things that you said sort of piqued my interest there. Um, one is, um, totally agree with you. And I am firmly in the camp of, of relationship building, right? Because I think that gets you the best kind of coverage and it gets you the repeat kind of coverage. That said though, 
reporters move around. Reporters yeah. go different places. And, you know, as, as good of a consumer of news that we might be, we can't possibly track everything. And so having some kind of intelligence, for lack of a better word, to fall back on a kind of a database or something that tracks people in a certain way is, is probably helpful, right? So is right. that what you're talking about is sort of put it, putting all those, putting my, my criteria into your platform and having it come back with, oh, um, not only are these people good, but this reporter moved over here or that kind of thing. I mean, what, what do I see when it comes back? So what you're going to see, it's such an interesting question. We are so accustomed to starting with the reporter first. This starts at the content first. So I don't have to worry if, if somebody moved from Fast Company to, I don't know, TechCrunch, because I'm not tracking the reporter. I'm actually tracking words and story ideas. So if I'm up uploading my pitch, if that, if that reporter moved from um, you know, Fast Company to TechCrunch, it's going to show Jody Fisher as seen in, right? And it's going to show the first couple of your, of your articles will probably be TechCrunch, and then the next will be Fast Company articles from last six months. So you don't have to worry about following the reporter anymore. You're following the content to get to the right, right reporter. And that, I think, is a lot smarter. And it, it seems so fucking obvious. Am I allowed to curse in this podcast? It seems Absolutely. so obvious, but why well, we are four-letter word friendly here on this podcast? Awesome. Let me tell you. Fuck yeah. So seriously, like it seems so obvious, but why aren't we doing it? That's the way the human brain works. Instead of we're doing it the other way around, we're taking the long way around, the very expensive way. And by the way, the way that is fraught with rejection. I always say to people, young people, you want to get into PR, you got to be okay with rejection because our hit rates are you have to be really resilient. Well, you still do, but there's a better way. There's a smarter way. And um, it it probably eliminates a lot of the what what you talked about before is what we all hate, which is that spray and pray, right? And, right. and, and anybody who practices that, I think, is not practicing PR properly. I mean, just taking a right. press release and shoving it into a, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or whether it's one of those press release distribution services. Um, you know, it it's one thing if you got to get it out published on xyz newswire because you have to get it published somewhere it's another right. thing to use that to actually get to a reporter right and and i think the latter is just uh, is, is is it doesn't work it just doesn't work no no it it, it doesn't work at all and look i i and i still think we have an issue and we have an issue in the business still around attribution models we need to move away from ad equivalency and things like that and there's some really great companies doing some very interesting work there if you haven't had them on yet, um, but uh, Memo mm -hmm. doing some very interesting work in the measurement side. But as somebody who runs their own podcast platform, right? Don't you get shitty pitches? I get pitches to, I also, you know, I write for the drum of a column there. I wrote for Forbes for 10 years as a contributor. It was a real contributor, not a, not the Forbes Council BS. I still get so many bad pitches, um, I, hundreds a week because they're just spraying. They're, it's it's the whole uh, uh, spraying prey like, like you're talking about. And there's a great article uh, online just today, as we are as we are taping this, uh, that was shared by a friend of mine uh, from Twitter. Um, it's actually on Slate, and the uh, the title of it is "My PR Day of Yes." <laughs> and I would urge people to go to go check that out. Uh, it's published on November 11th, which is when we're taping this. Yeah. Um, and and it's and it's a hysterical article about exactly what you're talking about. A reporter who just for one day said yes to every pitch and was <laughs> absolutely stunned 
<laughs> by what they walked into, right? Because like you said, you're getting pitches that have nothing to do with what you do every day. And I think that's the kiss yeah. of death for for PR people is to get that kind of rep. And you know, what, what you younger know, and inexperienced yeah. people don't understand is that you get that kind of rep and it's very hard to unwork that and unwind that. Totally. And I don't know if you've hit it yet, Jody, but so I've had my podcast for three and a half years now. I'm now getting new PR people at old brands and founders I've had on. I've had somebody, you know, repitch me Bombas and Bone Branch. I'm like, I love those guys. Why do I need to have them on again? Did you do your research? Did you look? I mean, it's crazy to me how lazy our industry can be. Yeah, it really can be. Let's segue into something else you talked about, which is which is AI writing that last 20% of the way. Now, I'll say right up front that I don't think any any computer can write better than a human being, but prove me wrong. Go ahead. So it's already being done in newsrooms with box scores and earnings digests. That's easy because it's that's it's very numerical, it's very linear, and then Jody Fisher, editor, comes over the top, fixes some shit, pops it on, right? Publishes, easy. Um, but the, the the technical term for the technology is it's predictive text. It's GPT-3. If you have a Gmail account, even Microsoft Outlook's doing it now, it, it, it's trying to fill it in for you, right? It's getting smarter and smarter because of these things called neural networks where there's feedback, it's learning, and it's expanding. Um, two, three years ago, I didn't think it was possible. Um, back in 2019, uh, there was a very big article in the New Yorker, and um, he actually wrote um, a piece using GPT-3, and it was okay. It wasn't great. Long-form writing, predictive text, they call it generative AI, has a ways to go. It's uneven, um, but um, it's gotten a lot better. There's a company called Jasper that is now valued at over a billion dollars. They just did, I think, their Series A or B or something like that. They're basically, it's like ad libs. You, you type in the stuff that you want to talk about and they put a blog post together or a byline together. It's not half bad. By the way, some of the people I've hired over the years aren't as good as this robot that's done that, right? We've all hired Well, I can believe that part. Yeah. But, you know, so, so I think that um, it's getting there. And imagine a world where, um, you know, you have unstructured data or some thoughts because this is how our minds work. We're like, we have a story idea we don't know, or I'd like to write this. And I don't know what your process is, but I basically um, take a lot of notes and then I'm pulling a lot of things in and I've got like a really unstructured outline. These technologies will pull that together as long as you can state your intent of what you know you what, what you want, your, your two, three key points you want to get across in this article. Um, and it will get you like 80% of the way there. I do believe that we will be using it in the same way that we use Grammarly there's a company called Quillbot, which helps you paraphrase things. They all have APIs and plugins. Um, the world is changing. And if you also take that a little bit further and you think about how you brainstorm, whether it's online or in person, except that we're in person anymore, imagine applying profit or something like that to a voice skill or a voice skill to profit. Hey, Alexa, I have a story idea. Can you check profit? Here's my story idea. Um, hey, hey, Alexa. Um, you know, I'd like to write a byline on, um, you know, fintech and cryptocurrency, whatever it is, right? And you just start, yell, you know, talking to the Alexa or Siri. Um, imagine then it coming back and giving you either results of who's interested in your pitch and or a rough draft of something. It's going to happen. I know a lot of people are shaking their head. Is it going to be as good as humans? No, it's only going to be as good as the humans that build it and create it. Uh, but it'll get us 
it'll it'll definitely make us more performative and it'll help us um, streamline a lot of our processes, not workflow, but accelerate what we're supposed to be doing for our clients day in and day out. That to me is incredibly and, exciting. And and I'm with you on that, you know, and, and I'm and I'm hearing shades of Tony Stark there in the in the uh, garage uh, talking to Jarvis. But but you know, basically, I am and, an we, Iron and, Man. We, and we accept I am. that, right? I mean, we 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 all look at that and we go, yeah, I want to do that. I want. Um, and so so I'm with you there about sort of getting it 80 percent of the way, um, and 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 getting it to a point where the human can just come in at the end and go, okay. We make sure that it looks right because that's what we do now anyway, right? I mean, we have to proof right. ourselves. We're never going to push that button if we haven't laid eyes and fingers on it. Uh, right. and, and so it, it seems completely logical to uh, remove more of the grunt work up front and just get that, let it, let a machine do it. Um, yeah. and, and then you put the polish of it at the end. I actually have a formula when I write. It's sort of, I couldn't even... I couldn't even tell you what it is. It's sort of stuck up here in my head. Um, but, you know, re reporters, and depending on the reporter that you're talking to, like it in a particular format or a particular way. And you know, when you're going after a particular publication, you got to write things in a particular way. If you're talking right. to a business reporter, you obviously have to include numbers and data and things like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. um, You know, feature reporter, it's a little more, I was going to say the word eloquent, but it's a little more story oriented, right? And there's a protagonist and everything. And every story is about people. Um, right. Really, really, really interesting. Um are there other ways that um, you can people can currently leverage? Uh, and I know the I appreciate the differentiation that you made before: artificial intelligence versus uh, augmented intelligence. Yeah. Um, are there other ways that that this the technology is currently being used in the marketplace now? Yeah, um, I think that uh, you know when I originally started Profit, it was actually a crisis tool. So my background is deep, deep, deep crisis and issues management. Um, it, and this is going to sound quite perverse, but you know, it's a huge, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Um, and I, and I also recognize that sometimes good companies do bad things. It's not what they do. It's how they react to what they did. Right. And that's to determine whether or not they're a good company. I'm pe preaching to the choir. Right. The, um, so, uh, one of the, one of the use cases I think is fascinating is, you know, we all create these like standby statements. If this sees the light of day, if there is a, I don't know, government enforcement action or unplanned executive succession or product recall. We have, pl we have plans, we've got statements, uh, we have Q and A's. You know, it's interesting to run those statements through something like profit uh, to determine actually who's gonna be interested in this and how might they write about it? Because the other thing that we layered into the platform, which again, you know, is something that we're constantly working on and, and refining is sentiment engine. And then you could still say with sentiment, isn't that kind of, you know, a little bit less um, objective and it's more subjective. Uh, yeah, in some ways, but there's certain reporters and or outlets, you know, like if someone says to you, hey, I want to be in the front front page of the Wall Street Journal. I'm like, why? Have you ever read the front page of the Wall Street Journal? That's bad shit, you know, but you have your clients say that. Um, still, um, I want the dot art. I'm like, well, what did you do wrong? And then I'm happy to get you there, you know? So I think that um, crisis and issues testing one of the frustrations I've had in my career, some of my best friends are lawyers, including my sister. I love you. She's the best. But the biggest arguments with the lawyers, you have to say to a lawyer, well, is that legal advice or is that communications advice? Like, well, I'm just saying, oh, okay, okay. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we went to the general counsel and we we're testing a crisis statement to say, well, this is how it's going to play out in the media, which ultimately impacts stakeholders, shareholder value, et cetera, et cetera. And 
wouldn't it be nice to be able to say to your client or to your boss who always thinks they're more interesting than they are, you know what? Actually, you know, donating, I don't know, $6 million of soap, that's really not going to get you the coverage that you want. But when we rewrote it a little differently and we allocated those dollars towards an advocacy organization, not just in-kind soap donation, here are the reporters who are actually going to be interested and here's the sentiment that they might uh, posit hopefully positively, um, should they write. So those are like other use cases when you think about the practicalities of our day and managing executive expectations or managing um, you know, another function, HR or legal, using data, not just our gut. I mean, yeah, Jody and Aaron, we've been doing this for 30 something years. We have a lot of experience and a lot of, we're not always right, but we're drawing on that experience as muscle memory. But wouldn't it be great to have data to backstop that experience? And that's what I'm trying to build. Um, and that's what, we're, that's what we're aiming towards. I think that's, that's super interesting. Now, what happens, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. What happens if the data is wrong, right? Because our gut can be wrong sometimes. We've, we've both been proven wrong, right? Uh, however many times in our careers. What if that data is wrong? Um, how, do we, how do we work on that? Uh, understanding that it's only as good as, right, you, you build it, you're always improving it. Yeah. Great question. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, we've done thousands of demos and, um, you know, sometimes some, someone will say, oh, I would never, I would never pitch. I don't, every so often something like Tucker Carlson might show up. I'm like, obviously you're not going to pitch, maybe most likely you're not going to pitch Tucker Carlson. And even more likely he's not going to be interested in your pitch. It's not perfect. I often say where you want your technology to be perfect is when you're flying an airplane, you're flying on an airplane, you're on a train, like where the margin of error has to be zero, right? You still need to use your brain. Like you still need to look at this, not to say this is, you know, absolute or absolutism. This is a guide. This is a GPS. This is ways for PR people. This is, you're looking at it. You're like, actually, I know that that's, I'm not going to cross those train tracks because um, I know that the sign's down. I'm going to get hit by a train. I'm not going to go that way. I, I know there's a faster way. Ways isn't always right either. And the traffic conditions change. So the more you run it, hopefully the better the data is. And we need you to provide input. And that's where we're trying to create this neural network. But it's a fair point because people think, oh, it's tech. It must be perfect. Are you perfect? No. But you need it's it's a combination of the two, right? Yeah. And it's it's really an interesting topic and, and could go on it forever. And I am a tech guy and I am a toy guy. So I'm just innately interested in this as well, as well as the fact that you know, what you bring up. I mean, this is reality. We are going to have to deal with this as as younger people, well, younger, <laughs> but you know, we've been doing this for a while, but we still got plenty of our careers left. Let's put it that way. We're going to have to work with this, right? This is going to be reality for us and you're already making it reality here. So, so this is, I think something that everyone's going to have to take into account and, you know, only the dinosaurs are going to be able to hold it off and say, no, I'm never going to do it that way. Everybody's going to be dragged, kicking and screaming, if not voluntarily into this. And I think it's really, really fascinating uh, what you've built here. Thank you. Um, we are going to, we're going to segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. We could probably have you on and and talk for, for hours more about this. And we'll probably have you back as your, as your platform uh, uh, grows uh, and, and develops. Um, we are going to segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. This is where we steal a page from inside the actor's studio. We ask our guests a series of rapid fire fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer maybe a laugh or two so aaron with your indulgence here we go rapid fire question number one what's your favorite new 
You cut out just for a second. I, all I heard is, what's your favorite nude? There's no way you asked that. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you to our uh, recording platform here. Let's try that again. Ready? Rapid fire question number one. What is yeah. your favorite news source? Oh, NPR. Hands down. I'm a huge NPR nerd. Hands Love down. It. And Fresh Air and On the Media, two favorite programs. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, no. And NPR is definitely my, my go-to. Rapid fire question number two. What is your favorite social media platform? I'm lame. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. How do you, okay, everybody seems to use LinkedIn a, just a slight bit differently. How do you use LinkedIn? I mostly use it for thought leadership and for allyship support. Um, and, and I, and I broadly define allyship as, you know, not just people getting promoted, but people being honored, recognized people being vulnerable, opening up. Um, I think it is a phenomenal platform. I hope it doesn't turn into Facebook. Yeah, it may be the place that the adults end up hanging out, I think, uh, if, it, if it's not already, quite frankly. <laughs> yes. Um, rapid fire question number three, Aaron, coffee or alcohol? Um, well, I like a good espresso martini, so both. I don't know, but I'm a big espresso guy and a whiskey guy, but yeah, both. But I, uh, I start every morning with a triple shot of espresso, splash of maple syrup, and a little bit of oat milk. Yes, I'm bougie. Oh, that's... Sounds like a good, I'd say you'd be bougie all you want. That sounds like a good combo. Rapid yeah. fire question number four. And we find you today in Texas, I think, right? So what's your favorite on the run food? My favorite on the run food? Oh, pizza, man. I grew up in Northern New Jersey. So it's always going to be pizza, just the way it is. There you go. Jersey represent rapid fire question number five. What do you want to be after you finish this career? I want to run a global nonprofit and I want to teach. That's fantastic. Any, any topics you want to teach on business philanthropy? Uh, you know, uh, mostly around probably uh, social impact, uh, brand purpose, mutuality. Um, I still think we have a, a ways to go, but I'm incredibly inspired by so many companies out there. Um, and uh, before I was president of PRC in New York, I just finished my presidency at my local temple. Um, and I'm not like, you know, super Jewy, but I do like Jewish values and community. And um, that inspired me uh, to want to do more. And also, Jody, what you probably realize intellectually, but you probably don't really haven't really fully understood it until and maybe you have. If, when you run a nonprofit as a volunteer, you have so many skills that you don't realize you have. Management, HR, leadership, words, comms. Comms is the red thread through everything, right? Otherwise, why would we have chosen this career? It's where things go well and things can go wrong. So I'd like to be able to give back and I'd really love to run a global nonprofit or create one. And then I love teaching. I teach a lot at GW. I'm on their school of media public affairs board. Um, so I go back and I've lectured for twice a year now for 30 years. And I'd like to continue to do that uh, or, or, or expand that one day. Not yet, not quite yet, but one day. That sounds great. Anything that makes this world a better place, right? Well, Aaron, this has been a great conversation. Please let people know how they can find you and Profit online. Uh, you can go to prprofit.ai. Uh, you can go to aaronquitkin.com. Um, you can go to kwtglobal.com. That was the agency I founded. Uh, and that's what uh, introduced me to then MDC Partners and now Stagwell, our parent company. 
you can follow me on LinkedIn. Don't follow me on Twitter because I'm not that interesting and I'm thinking about deactivating from Twitter, but LinkedIn is a good place. That sounds good. We'll find you somewhere. Thanks again, Aaron. And thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the PR Podcast and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Apple. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at JodyFisherPR.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast. Mm-hmm.